The reading is from Daniel chapter 5, starting at chapter 5, verse 31 to 6, right down to 27. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find in it connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counsellors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you O king, shall be cast into the dens of lions. The king answered and said, The thing stands fast, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the dens of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, 
and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went into his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, the king rose and went in haste to the dens of lions. And he came near to the den where Daniel was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. Of, to, to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Please keep your Bibles open. Uh, Let's pray. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Father Lord, we pray that you will speak uh, through race. We pray that your goodness and mercy will be upon him, that your favor will be upon him, that you will use him as an instrument uh, to speak your word to your people. We pray that you change him first and then you change us by this word. And then we pray that, Lord, we will know you as the mighty king who is faithful throughout all ages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, George. Great. Uh, thanks a lot for having me again. It's always good uh, to be back here. Um, it's such a wonderful, welcoming uh, family of believers. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm tired later on in the day, but when I'm singing with you guys, I just feel more emotional. Um, and when I spoke to Rob about preaching uh, here today, uh, he asked me if I could speak on a section of the Bible that speaks about kind of Christian life in between experience. I thought, great, there's actually a wonderful story about a really rich man in Babylon 2,500 years ago who got thrown into a lion's den. Uh, I thought that would be a great one to, to go to. And I'd actually want to argue that the situation Daniel's in uh, is uh, a great uh, situation. One of the best situations to teach about living a world like ours today. An anti-God world. 
so for, con for context, uh, let me just show you. If you flick back a few pages and just go to chapter 1 of Daniel. It says in chapter 1, verse 1, uh, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Uh, and verse 3, Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility. It probably still doesn't seem very similar to what we're in now. But Judah, the kingdom of God's people, after many years of rejecting God, uh, were attacked by an enemy empire. And many of the people were taken away. Um, and one of them included was Daniel. He was a, a young boy, a man, teenager, probably around 15 years old or so. Um, and he was taken away from his home. Uh, but now this is actually about 70 years later. He's in his 80s. He's been in Babylon for about 70 years. Uh, and now it's um, been taken over by another um, country, another empire called the Medes and the Persians, um, another anti-God empire. And he's an old man now. He's someone who's been uh, living in a land that rejects God for a very long time. And it's not actually, when we look at it like that, it's not too different from our culture today. And now the Babylon culture would have been different to the UK, of course, but one huge similarity is that Babylon and Persia and Dagnum and the UK are all ultimately cultures that reject God. We just look in Dagnum, look at Beacon Tree, DPC, um, what other church have got? Uh, St. George's, um, uh, Os Osborne Square. How many people in them church altogether? A few hundred. Uh, and, and Dagnum has apparently 220,000 people. Uh, like Daniel, we live in an anti God world. Daniel lived in Babylon. In regards to following God, it isn't much different today. And Daniel's a wonderful book for that reason, because Daniel shows us how to live in an anti-God world. Uh, and today we see a great instance of that, uh, when Daniel says no to the world and says, yes, I serve the real king. And as we read through this section today, I have, I have a question for you to think about. Who has the power to save? Uh, often in life, in times in life when, uh, when it's hard, uh, we turn to teachers or doctors or, um, or maybe even the films, we turn to superheroes. But who truly has the power to save the faithful? Uh, firstly today then we see uh, that God's faithful uh, always uh, put God first. God's faithful always puts God first. Uh, great, so in our story today, uh, we have Daniel. There's a new empire in power, uh, as I was saying to you. Uh, and Daniel's one of the top guys there. Uh, he has one of the highest positions. Look down with me. So chapter 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might not suffer. So satraps were like provincial leaders, so leader of areas like maybe the mayor, a mayor of London, things like that, or an MP. Uh, and they would run an area like London, and they would collect the taxes from that area of the empire. And then you had the, the leaders of them, you had the high officials, uh, which um, in other translations call like presidents or ministers. Um, and that was what Daniel was. He was one of the high officials. Uh, and verse 3, the king planned to set Daniel 
over the whole kingdom. But, verse 4, then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. So these other leaders, these other uh, satraps, these other uh, area leaders, and Daniel's uh, co-workers, the, uh, um, they didn't want Daniel to get this new role. And we don't know why. Um, maybe it's because they were jealous of him. Maybe it was because they thought if he got into power, he would remove them, because they were obviously corrupt. It doesn't tell us, but whatever it was, they wanted Daniel out. Daniel lived a life... Um, if you read through the book of Daniel, you'll see that he lived a life honouring those around him. He lived well. He respected the king. He respected God, the true king. He did good things. He didn't cheat in his job. He didn't take part in corruption. He didn't bribe anyone. He didn't underpay any of his workers. He didn't mistreat or speak badly about people. He didn't abuse his co-workers. He was the model worker. Many people today think you can only get to the top if you do bad things and shady things. Or say you need to step on other people um, to climb the employment ladder. But not Daniel. They couldn't find a single thing wrong with what he did. Nothing wrong. Daniel was trustworthy and he did his job well without cheating. But, aha, there was one thing Daniel wouldn't do. Daniel wouldn't go against God. Because they knew that Daniel ultimately served one above all. He served God. Verse 5. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Daniel was a man who did things well. He honoured God in every way. So the only way they could get him was by using God. What a wonderful testament, first of all, to Daniel. The only way he could get caught out was by using God against him. And as Christians today, we want this to be the same for us. We want to live lives that distinguish us, that make us clearly different to people in the way we work, the way we treat people at our workplace. To do the right things in situations, whether it's at school Um, or college, uh, or work. We want to live in a way that the only way someone can actually stop us is by um, putting God in that situation. And that's what happened with Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we see many instances of him adapting to certain situations and acting in a wise way that brings honour to God. Verse 6. These high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and satraps, as counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Look, look, Darius, all these people agree. Uh, An ordinance is just another word for a law. So they want to put this law in place. A law at this time being sealed in in that way, uh, in in a way that kings couldn't change them. 
Uh, we don't know exactly how this worked, as we don't have historical accounts of how they worked, but it seems that the law of the Medes and the Persians was more binding than any of the empires uh, we've seen in the past, uh, when the king could just do anything. Uh, the king didn't have as much power in this sort of empire. In verse 9, Therefore King Darius signed the document and injunction. It seems that King Darius doesn't really think. He just does it. Maybe he assumes that because so many have come to him, um, that it will just bring unity. Verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This, this verse, I think it's just extraordinary. Notice how it's written. It doesn't say Daniel didn't hear about the decree and prayed. So it wasn't that he didn't hear about it. It doesn't say as soon as the the decree, the law was passed, he started protests and went to the king to change it. It doesn't say he prayed, but he did it downstairs secretly with the windows closed. When Daniel learned the decree had been passed, he went home to his normal place, his upstairs room where the window was open, facing towards Jerusalem, Three times a day, as he'd done before. And he prayed, giving thanks to God. Nothing changed for Daniel. A law came out saying that if you pray to anyone but Darius, you would be thrown into a lion's den. What does Daniel do? He goes home and prays. Nothing changed. God, the true king of the world, came first for Daniel Daniel worked hard, he worked well, but nothing would stop him praying to his God. Nothing would change his relationship with God, the true king, Daniel's true and ultimate king. He gave thanks, it's extraordinary. He could, he could technically have said one prayer a day. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you even need to pray for a month. He could have stopped, but he knew that was him stopping um, his relationship with God. Your first prayer after hearing about a lion's den would probably be, please help me, God, in this situation. His first prayer, thank you, God. How often do we be in situ- are we in situations when someone's ill or a hard time at work, um, nasty situation? Our first prayer, I'm not saying it's inherently wrong, but our first prayer is please help me, please help that person, um, please help this situation. Daniel's first prayer is, thank you. Daniel puts God first in spite of the risk of death. His first priority is to thank him. Friends, it it can be expected that these things could happen. Especially in a world like today, when it often works, I'm not saying lion's den, that probably is unlikely uh, today. Um, But when when it often works in your favour to do things that honour God, Many things like, honestly, be on time, so keeping your word, being polite, working hard. Often in society today, offices and elsewhere, these are actually things that I appreciate. I don't think, it's not like it used to be where you did have to be dodgy to get anywhere. So maybe actually today, this is the sort of time, time of age when people will start using the one thing that can actually stop you. 
They could do the same. Maybe that is the only way of stopping you from getting that promotion or, or, and someone else getting it. Maybe it's the only way a co-worker can make you look bad. Maybe they'll say you're not willing to stop your meeting on an evening with church people. Maybe they use your faith to stop you from um, having every Sunday off. Maybe they'll try to stop you speaking about Jesus in the workplace. Maybe they report you for doing that. Maybe they ask HR or the boss to say, um, they do it as a blanket thing, and they they do it like these guys did it. They do it as a blanket of um, just stop all uh, religious chat in the workplace. But actually, secretly, they want to stop hearing about Jesus. What will your first thing be? Will it be to go, okay, they've stopped me talking about Jesus now, I'm going to stop talking about Jesus. Or would it be, like Daniel, to carry on like he was the day before and tell that person about Jesus? That would be going against God. And that would be them going against God, trying to make you go against God. Daniel knew he couldn't stop, as that was basically saying they were right. He went and did it as, as soon as he heard the rule. And maybe you have been in a situation like that. Would you, that day, as a new rule comes in, saying you can't go straight up to that friend you've been telling about Jesus, would you do it the next day? That's a bit like what Daniel did. He didn't let anyone stop him putting God first, the true king. What wonderful faith from Daniel, wonderful confidence that he serves the true king. Uh, Let's see what happened. Verse uh, 11. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. They found Daniel, their plan is working, verse 12. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. They're sneaky, right? Uh, Their plan is going exactly as they planned. The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. We've got him now, boys. We've got Daniel. There's no way the king can stop this. Verse 13. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. And this leads to our second point today. Uh, Kings, with a little K, that's deliberate, kings can't save the faithful. Kings can't save the faithful. Darius can't believe it. His best man, the one he was going to put in charge of everything, is now going to die. And the text is quite clear. He feels awful. He feels distressed. It's agonizing. He made every effort to save Daniel, but there was nothing he could do. And maybe you've been in a situation when it's just out of your hands. Have you ever been in a situation like that? We tried everything. You just can't do it. 
There's absolutely nothing you could do. Maybe in the past you've, I don't know, broken something that belonged to someone and you tried to fix it. Um, you just can't do it. I, I, had a situ- well, I had a situation like that where I broke my own laptop. I was only 13. I was upstairs sitting there. I got a bit annoyed and I, I broke the screen like that. It was really stupid. But I just remember looking at it and thinking, oh, I'm going to have to go downstairs and tell my mum. And there's just nothing I can do about it. Um, and this is even worse. Someone's actually going to die. Um, that feeling in the stomach when you just accept you can't do it. Except this was worse than breaking my laptop. This was his top guy, his friend, going to death. He couldn't save Daniel. Look at verse 14 again. When the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. The text makes that quite explicit. He tried everything to rescue Daniel. Now, it may be easy to sit here and think, oh, well, he's a king. Surely he could have done more. Regardless of what we think, the text is very clear. The writer of Daniel, chapter 6, is quite clear. Daniel, as he's writing, it's quite clear. King Darius tried everything. So we read it as that. We, we take it as it says it. King Darius did try everything. He tried everything he could to save his friend. Verse 15. Then these men came by agreement to the king, came by agreement to the king, and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. You can't do anything to stop this, King Darius. Come on now, you know the rules. You can't stop it. Verse 16. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. Daniel was thrown into a den of starving, hungry lions. Do you know what happens when lions are hungry? They need to eat. And Daniel's the meal tonight. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Darius can't. The little king can't. Verse 17. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring uh, and with the signet, (coughs) signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. There's no way out. The little king couldn't do anything. And he couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep. No entertainment, he's just sitting there probably pacing up and down. All that power, and he couldn't do anything for his friend. Sometimes even the most powerful people can't do things. Even those best qualified can't do things. The most powerful people in the world can't stop world hunger. They can't stop war. Even doctors can't save people from diseases. Often the most qualified experts can't save children with stage 4 cancer. It doesn't matter how rich you are. Um, You can't save someone if they have an incurable disease. If it's your friend or loved one who's dying, even you can't save them. And it can feel helpless. Like Darius did when his friend was in the den 
And Darius and all of us here today who feel weak are right at times because we can't save people from certain situations. But there is one who can, the true king. And that's our last point today. Uh, The king, yeah, the true king can save the faithful. I did that differently here, I don't know why. The true king can save the faithful. Uh, Verse 19. Then, at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. He runs to it, or what could be his friend's tomb, where his friend and top man could be in a pool of blood. Verse 20. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continuously, been able to deliver you from the lions? It's mad, really, isn't it? Who could survive a situation like that? Verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths. And they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad, and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found in him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel (coughs) were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives... And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. God saved Daniel. Little King Darius couldn't save Daniel, but the true king of the world, the Lord, did save him. Darius couldn't. The king, the Lord God, could. Daniel was found innocent. The truth that he didn't do anything wrong. So the lion's mouths were shut by angels. We don't, we don't know what that means, as in, for all we know, Daniel was sitting there petrified all night with lions growling around him. Maybe they sat there and they let him rub, rub their tummies. We don't know. Um, but what we do know is that they were stopped. and Their mouths were shut. Darius is delighted. His friend is alive. Because the true king saved him. God, the true king, he rescues And he saves. Some great songs earlier are all about that. He rescues and saves from a den of death. What confidence that can give us as Christians. You may have noticed that this story has many similarities to the story of King Jesus. And when he was sentenced, killed and placed in a tomb. Um, Evil people got Daniel unjustly sentenced to the lion's den. Uh, Evil people got Jesus unjustly sentenced. (coughs) sentenced to to actual death. Uh, It was a ruler uh, who, knowing the person shouldn't be sentenced to death, does it and can't do anything about it. Darius and Pilate. Both were condemned to die. Jesus was killed before put in a tomb. Daniel was put into a tomb. Both tombs' dens were covered by a stone and both were sealed shut with a signet. It's hard not to notice the similarities. Um... There really aren't similarities like this anywhere else in the Old Testament. Um, This actually seems to be something that's called a type. A type is when something is in some way pointing towards what the promised Messiah, Jesus, uh, would do. So Daniel isn't Jesus, but much of this story points towards what Jesus 
will do. And he did it. He was killed unjustly on a cross and placed in a tomb. But he rose victorious from the dead. The difference with Jesus was that he died for people like you and me. And his victory over death, his glorious triumph over the grave showed that death was defeated. God saves. God saves people like you and me from death through Jesus' victory. The difference in the Jesus story is that it wasn't a man like Daniel, one of God's people. It was God, the actual Lord of all, the true king who came down and suffered death. It was the Lord who rose from the tomb. It was the Lord, the true king, who rose The true king saves Daniel from the lion's den. The true king can save us all from death. Because the true king rose from the dead. When we die, we can think, uh, well, before we die, we can think about this. Think about the story and give us, just to really give us confidence that the one who can save from a den of lions can save us from death. Those who trust in him will be saved from death. Uh, from verse, verse 25, Darius, um, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, <coughs> peace be multiplied to you, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever, his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Many sections, if you do get a chance to read through Daniel, end with a declaration like this. But let me read verse 27 again. It's particularly stark. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. What a wonderful truth that we follow the one who saves. What can God do for his faithful? Who has the power over death? Who has the power to save? Only the true king, the Lord of all, has the power to save from death. So let your whole life be in putting the Lord first, the true king. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3, there were three men who were asked to worship a statue. And they couldn't bow down to it because it was a statue of a previous king. And this chapter, we've seen how people use the faith of Daniel to get to him. But both times, Daniel and the others choose God, the true king of the world. And maybe you've had situations in life when there is a choice. <coughs> I have a friend who, um, quite a new Christian actually, a couple of years has been a Christian, started a job in a financial company back in September. In his first few weeks, he... Uh, alongside uh, the other newbies, were asked to stand up and sign a uh, LGBTQI plus support form to say that you agree with all that they're fighting for and wouldn't be against it. He was also come, uh, asked to come up and stop his current lanyard uh, for an LGBT rainbow one. And in a large group where almost all stood up to get one and signed the paper, he stayed sitting down and remained in his seat. Now, I don't think this group was specifically out to get him like Daniel, uh, But this was a case, a a moment when a Christian could choose to go with the world or to show that he serves the true king, the Lord Jesus. And as I said earlier, if you speak of Jesus in work and someone wanted you to stop, would you? If you pray at work and they ask you, 
not to, would you? It could be easier to think, I'll do it at home. There is nothing in the Bible that says I need to do it at that point in time. But Daniel teaches us that some things can't be stopped. Otherwise, it's you saying I'm part of the world. Parts of our life show that Jesus comes first. Daniel, through his wise ways, shows us that certain things do need to stay the same. There is an instruction for everything in the Bible about what we should and shouldn't do. But sometimes we know that if we do stop something because someone's tried to force it on us, at that point, it is a moment of choosing. Not everything will be like that, but many situations will be like that. And why wouldn't we? We serve the king who saves. It makes sense as the faithful people to put God first anyway, because God is the only one who can ultimately save us from what matters. No one else can. No one else can. Uh, Serve the one who can and who has. And let me pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for the book of Daniel and this chapter particularly, the way in which Daniel uh, lives in a wise way, the way in which he puts you first. We thank you that you are greater than even the King Darius, the great Persian leader. We thank you that you're greater than anyone in this earth today. We thank you that you are the only one who has the power to save. And please let us uh, really love that truth that we want to live for you. In Jesus' almighty name, amen.